You're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. Love languages. We know them, we love them, and we even lead with them when looking for a romantic partner or while in a current relationship. This system of categorization is relatively new terminology in the dating world, but now there are new additions to the list that might better represent you. Has the realization of what love language you and your partner speak ever helped or hurt the relationship you were in? Yeah. I don't know, guys. Has it? For me, it has. For like sure. good or bad, like in a positive or negative way? Um, Both, actually. I would say positive in that we both know what each other needs. Um, and they might be different things, which is fine. But uh, negative in it sometimes can be used against you, I would say, because it's like more, you know, leaning into your sensitivities. So it's like assuming somebody has a trigger and you're like, well, it's because you need this and I'm not giving you that right now, but you're taking it this way because you're that person. And it's like, Okay. Or just talk to me this way. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it puts you in like a box of like, okay, yeah. well you need you know physical touch. And like, I don't speak that love language. This also like, you know, I don't think that you have to speak the same love language as your partner, but identifying them can definitely help. I think most people would say, and in my experience, like identifying the love language is like a positive, um, Obviously, it's not always a positive situation if you get into an argument or something, but knowing the love languages ends up, I think, getting you out of the hot water and just like knowledge is power. It's kind of like if you believe in astrology, like, and you're dating a Taurus, like, you're gonna, it's gonna be helpful to know what that sign's like characteristics are. Yeah, knowledge is power. Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's been a, positive, like when I recognize that they are giving me or they give me what I want. So like if I had a girlfriend once and I was like, wow, she really is giving me this, this, and this, cause these are my love languages and they're, she's hitting the box, you know, but it's, I don't know. It, it, it is weird because like, all right, if you know what yours is and then you can communicate it in the beginning, then you're giving that person kind of a cheat sheet of like, okay, this is what they're expecting. And if you go this way, then look, if you don't want to be touched and you just want me to buy you a fucking present every week, great. At least I know that. But now you have to be on the other side and know that I do like to be touched and I don't give a fuck about presents, right? So it, it can't do anything. I don't think it can hurt unless you're like not communicating what your love language is and then expecting them to do the things that are in the your mind love reading. Yes. Oh, 100%. Expect people to read their mind or like it's like that movie. Um, duplicity no i'm making this up jennifer aniston and um what's that tall man's name that's funny 
Oh, yes. Uh, Yes, exactly. Thank you. So when she's like, I want you to want to go to the ballet. And he's like, but I don't want to go to the ballet. But she wants him to want to go. And really, it's the act of service that she's asking for. So I was just watching Below Deck, Mediterranean, sailing yacht. And one of the guys is like the deckhand. And he's kind of just chilling on the deck. And the girl who's the head stew is running around. And he's like, do you want help? And she was like, no, I'm fine. I got it. And then like in her next interview, she goes, you shouldn't, if you see me running around, you shouldn't ask if I want help. That's annoying. Just fucking help me. <laughs> and it's like, well, the, yeah. but he should know that she's acts of service. Obviously she's a fucking stew. You know what I mean? So That's, like, yeah, but yeah, I mean, there it's twofold. They're like, you said no, so you didn't need help. But also you see someone like panicking and your job is to like pitch in and help. So like you probably, well, let me help. ask you, Lauren, like your things we let to go back to the your, favorite, to go back to your favorite thing is the dishwasher. Right. So like when James isn't unloading the dishwasher and he's like, and you're already starting and he's like, Hey, do you want help? You're probably gonna be like, no, fuck off. I got it. Right. You just want him to do it initially. Yeah, I mean, I have kind of said before, um, communication wise, like, great question, but I kind of said before, like, I'll do this kind of stuff. Like, you go out and work, I'll do this kind of stuff. But like, sometimes it's nice to have all hands on deck. I mean, I literally fold laundry in front of him while he's like sitting on the couch watching TV. Yeah. (laughs) But it doesn't bother me because I've already stated, like, I'm that, that is my job. So I will do that. There it's other times when like if you take food out of the fridge and you leave it on the counter and you make breakfast and then you walk away. I'm like, okay, I'm also not the maid though. So if you're going to make a mess, like put it back. So there are – This is an active service. But but yes, but like I have communicated before like – I acts of service is the love language that I speak to others. That's how I show love. So I – that is – I'm also taking it on as a task and a job Mm. and that is how I show people that I love them. So, but I've communicated that though. It's not like this underlying resentment building up, like unload the dishwasher, like just come help me. But I can see how that would be like that for other people. That specific thing that I like to bring up though, there, that there is a backstory behind that, but you guys we're pumped because there are two new love languages that just got added to the list. And we are so excited to share them with you because we want to talk about why we think these new additions are relevant and why the love languages that you speak and the love languages that you want to be shown can be different for yourself and your partner. And we are going to, you know, divulge which love languages, the new ones that we connect to. Is there a Rosetta Stone for love languages? No worries. That's what we're here for. And first things first, here's a refresher of the five OG love languages, because I think we just sort of like talked about a couple of them, but we got to really break them down for those that are not in the know. Okay. So number I'll read them for you guys. Number, and then we can go back and talk about them, right? Yep. So one is acts of service, which we kind of just touched on. One is receiving gifts, which is, I don't know, kind of goes in hand in hand. Quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch. Yep. Okay. So let's go over, let's start with acts of service. Acts of service, actions speak louder than words, and these people like to be shown that they are appreciated. Who identifies what, with acts of service? Now, how does acts of service differentiate from receiving gifts. Do you know what I mean? So let's, let's just, uh, I think there, they can overlap. And for me, I, so my, uh, love languages is is, my love language is acts of service. 
Daniel happens to be really great about it. Like he sees me struggling and he'll pick up the slack where I leave off. I went to the office yesterday, came home, my laundry was done and dinner was ready. Like Mm -hmm. that guy knows that when I have longer days that I am a shell of myself and he'd rather get that shit done because he's home all day and get to enjoy our time together when I get home because both of us are going to be happier by that point. And I do the same thing for him and I take on things he hates and he takes on things I hate. And we, I think we really balance each other. Is his acts of service also? So his is not acts Mm. of service. His, I think would be more quality time. Um, He likes physical touch. He loves words of affirmation. Like if he says, I love you and I don't say it back, he is not happy. I'm like, how many times do I have to say it? If, if I miss one, I think you know. But it's just that's his love language. So I always, if he flags it, I'm like, oh, mental note, always say it back, even though I know he knows. We all know. Um, but I I think that the gifts thing for me overlaps a little bit because when I give a gift, I try and do something that's thoughtful or that somebody needs or that I heard them once say they want. So for me, it's more like a act of service that I'm providing one yeah, they was- are different. They are different. I'm just going to interject because if your act of service is giving a gift, it can overlap, but it is like someone who wants to be re- like receiving, it's receiving gifts. So someone who wants that is how they feel loved when you give them a heartfelt gift. So acts of service is like Jen said, folding laundry, having dinner ready, yeah. knowing putting the bath together Helping because somebody. you know it's a long day. Receiving Helping gifts is the girls that are like, Give me a car. Buy me a house. Let well, me know no, that. Not yeah, that's on the high end, but it's yeah. receiving a heartfelt <laughs> gift is what makes these people feel most loved. It could be a card. It could be a flower. No, 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 I know, I know. I, I mean, obviously, you don't have to spend a hundred thousand dollars to be in that category, but right. yeah, it's like getting flowers once a week. And also, yeah. Jen brought up a great point. She has two um, love languages. So she actually well, how likes many, to how give. How many do you have, Jen? Is it just two or is it more? But she also likes to give gifts. So Jen's is a little different than receiving gifts. So Jen is a gift giver, which falls more under the act of service. But she is, I would go in the gifts, receiving gifts category because she gets, like, she feels like that's her way to express love to people that she cares about. Cause she really does like makes notes about things that people have mentioned about gifts that they have said like six months beforehand. And then their birthday comes along half a year later. And she's like, I made a note of that little wine doohickey you wanted. <laughs> and then she gives it to you. So it's yep. like a thing for her, but they can be different and it's definitely receiving gifts, not giving, but Jen kind of great. Jen, what would you say your, what would you say your love languages are? So definitely um, on like what I receive is acts of service that makes me feel loved. I also really like quality time. I used to be a words of affirmation person until I realized I wasn't. Um, I think I needed that in my younger years to Mm -hmm. feel somebody loved me because they said it. Like I grew up with a family that would always say, I love you nonstop. They say it all the time. So there was no question, but they're also my family. So of course they do. I didn't have to question it. But when I was in a relationship with somebody, I realized like them saying it doesn't equal that they really do. And it doesn't mean that they show up for me and words are words in my opinion, but it's your actions that actually speak volumes because there's follow through and foresight and thought and thoughtfulness and all the things. So I changed. Um, going back to the gifts giving thing, my mom, it, she is a gift giver and gift receiver as her love language. And it's so stressful for me because when 
something goes wrong, she sends a gift. And I'm like, I don't want a gift. I want to be able to talk to you about it. Or mm-hmm. I need you to actually go walk mochi for me instead of like buying me some random vase. I don't need a vase. <laughs> but there's like, there's like a catch 22 in there. And yes, you need that stuff. But like, if that's, if you, like you are aware that that's your mom's love language. Yes. So your mom's love language. So when you get a gift, you're like, okay, she's trying. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I give her gifts as, because I know she needs the gift, even right. though I'm like, what is this one extra thing in her house is, well, how is this going to bring her joy? But you know what it does? It's on her to feel the joy. Me, puts yeah. it up, he looks at you, she thinks about you, you gave her that, that's a part of you in her home. The yeah. key is to know the love language of the other person that's on the other end of the relationship, whether it's mother, daughter, friend, co-worker, or romantic. So what, what are yours? Yeah, what are yours, Lauren? What are your love languages? Let's, let's um, define the other three and then we'll go through whose love languages is what. So everyone knows quality time is one. This language is about giving someone your undivided attention words of affirmation. This language uses words to affirm other people such as accomplishments or like words of appreciation or verbal encouragement. And then there's physical touch. So this person, nothing spark like speaks more deeply than the appropriate type of physical touch. So I would fall under, I, um, I speak acts of service. So I will show you that I love you. What do you like? What do you like? Let's talk about what you you and what I like is uh, it's probably a mixture of I like receiving gifts and I like probably I think I probably like acts of service back. Um, and then and then I'm going to be a little annoying here, but I like there's an I fall under a new category, too. But I also like a sprinkling of like physical touch and words of affirmation. I like them all, but I like a sprinkling of those where I would say quality time like receiving gifts and acts of service. Do you, like, do you like, and the reason why I'm like kind of steering us away from, you know, what do you give is because if we really are saying like, it depends on what you, who you're with, that's what they need. Then mm-hmm. what we give doesn't really fucking matter. We have to change that. Right. We have to speak that, that language, right? Yeah. We have to learn the Rosetta well, Stone people, of whatever they do, right? No, but so, people also need to know too that like, you need to be aware, like Jen's mom, like, okay, she's giving me this gift because that's the love language. She, how she shows people she loves them, but it all would also be helpful to sprinkle in the ways that I like to be spoken to. So you do kind of need to know both. Well, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you need to know what you do, but it's like, just so you can adapt. Right. Right. So what are you, um, your, your Lauren, we're still talking about you, Um, your physical touch and words of affirmation. Do you think that like falls into the pool? And let me explain myself when I say this into the pool of acts of service, because like, if you are, and I, you're so much more than just what we keep going back to, you know, dishwashers and laundry but like if you are folding the laundry and and james is like i really appreciate you doing that or like you you know you do such and such so well and like you're so great at it do you is that where the words of affirmation kind of fall into is the is when you're doing the acts of service or is it just like like out of nowhere words of affirmation and like yeah i mean i actually don't now that you're saying it like that i think i was thinking of words of affirmation like it's more of a sprinkling of that. I think it, I don't need that, but it's helpful. I, I think I like a sprinkling of words of affirmation and physical touch, but I think like acts of service is like what I would, I, if you help me out, if you love me or like, 
yeah. or, or take saying- me somewhere or do like that. Cause that could also co- kind of follow under quality time. But I think, yeah. I think it's more like acts of services. Like I'm the, my main one, that's my, but main you can, one. you can do certain things while with that person's doing that act of service. You can be like, I really appreciate yeah, this. Yeah, that's, you know of what I mean? course that's helpful. Yes. I don't, I don't mind that. Well, ever. appreciation in general for any of these love languages, I think is probably helpful. Well, and you know, that does come with words, but sometimes people do other things to show appreciation. Rob, what are yours? I mean, I'm, you know me, I'm a fucking, I need validation all the time. And I'm like a little pussy guy (gasps) where it comes in because I'm definitely words. My number one is words of affirmation. Um, And then it's a kind of a, like kind of in between quality time and physical touch. Cause I kind of put those together. You gotta, yeah be spending quality time for getting the physical touches, you know? So like words of affirmation, if you're telling me that you love me a lot, if you're telling me that you're attracted to me a lot, if you're telling me like how much you appreciate our relationship a lot, I'm, I'm going to be the most confident person in this relationship. You know, I'm going to not question things when things come up. I'm not going to have all these issues that I have as far as trust and all that stuff coming. Cause you're telling me, you know, and then, then the personal then the personal touch comes in physical touch. Like if you're one of my biggest things is like, if we're driving in the car and it, we're just listening to music and it's just quiet and you reach over and grab my hand while we're driving the car, I'm in, I'm smitten. Like I'm good. Or if you like cuddle up next to me on the couch, you know, or out of nowhere, you give me a little kiss like that kind of stuff. It's just these little validation things that I think I need, you know, that makes sense. Um, that, that sounds like somebody who physical touch would fall up there like that. Then those are totally valid. But yeah, I think you're describing exactly that. It's just nothing speaks more to you than like that appropriate physical touch. So that's and, great. And yeah. since we go the other way, which I need to learn to speak these languages is like, I want to do that back. Now, if I'm with somebody like Jen, who doesn't necessarily like the physical touch as much, and I'm like on her and I because I like to be hugged and touched and kissed and held hand. And she's more of like a, Oh, get off me. Like I need to go get my shit done. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well now I know when she's finished doing her shit or whatever she needs doing that shit, that's what I need to fucking give her and not feel rejected right. by the wiggle away. Yes. That's well, key. By the way, that actually happened here. Um, because Daniel like thinks that when I'm stressed, I need a hug and I'm like, no, no. I need to finish the task at hand. I am in motion. You cannot stop me once I'm in motion. Let me just finish. I'm so the same then, way. Yeah. So then I'm like, he like now kind of approaches it. He's like, would now be a good time or do you want to revisit this later? And I'm like, yeah, now is fine. You can give me a hug. This is probably more for you than me, but here we are. Yeah. It's more <laughs> for him. Exactly. And that's where he's going to, where he obviously has, yeah. but you need to learn, you need to learn how to speak. And it's hard. I mean, listen, when you speak, spoke English your entire life and then all of a sudden you just got to speak Mandarin, you got to <laughs> learn that shit. You know, yeah. you really do because it's, it's not as easy said as done. And then a lot of people don't communicate what they need. They just kind of expect it. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's so there are the two new ones we are hinting at. And I think these are probably the evolution of where people in general are going. And if we've used these five languages of love to start to communicate what we need and open up about how we identify, if you will, these are kind of like piling on to those in a more, 
they like overlap a little bit with some of the other ones or they combine them, if you will. Yeah. So the first one is shared experiences. These people crave creating memorable experiences and it's what makes them feel loved and close to their partner. So I feel like that's taking um, acts of service and quality time and just bridging the gap and making a shared experience. Yeah. And it's like somebody who might fall into this category could be Rob potentially who really likes to travel and wants to travel with someone he loves. And then that's something that really means something to you. That's how you really create a connection with your partner through these shared experiences. There's it, also- could be, that, it could be back and forth. That shared experience is one is a is an easy possible backfire because like if you're not getting any of the other top five during that experience, you could be fucking miserable with that person in whatever experience you're having. What if somebody wants shared experiences and the other person's more independent and doesn't want a ton of shared experiences? So they're like, why do I have to keep going to the ballet with you? Please go with your friends. Oh my God. I got into this thing when I was younger with somebody I was dating and she was like, I want to travel Europe. And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's travel Europe. She's like, no, I want to travel Europe by myself. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, why, why can't we just go do it? She's like, well, I've always just wanted to have the experience of traveling Europe by myself. And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do while you're fucking in Europe? I want to go to Europe. Do we take separate trips? Right. You know what I mean? And it's, she's like, well, let's just see how things. And then obviously we didn't work out. And I, that was probably a big red flag that it wasn't going to, but like, um, that was, that was like a thing of like, well, that was where I need my words of affirmation or my, you know, quality time where it's like, yes, I want to do this with you. I think yeah. that compatibility at the end of the day is always going to just like, take over. So if you're, if you're categorizing yourself as one of these, um, you know, languages, then you should know what yours is and your partner's is and the compromise and the like, um, willing to see the world and your partner through their eyes or a different perspective is always key. But if you are at the point where you're like what you just said, Rob, with the traveling and going by herself and all that, like that's also just then ends up being like, you guys aren't right. Like you're not compatible. And it just kind of like showed itself through the love languages. But I think compatibility kind of wins over all of this. This is just about like, if you're compatible and then you want to like connect in ways because you might be missing the mark communication wise, right. which we always say is the most important thing. The, the right. other new love language is. Wait, wait, before you move on to the next one, that shared experience one that I feel like a lot of these are coming out of like, like TV now, you know, and like, like what, why are they coming up all of a sudden? And it, now it's like, okay, like for example, what I'm getting at is like the bachelor, we keep going back to the bachelor and shit like that. But you notice that I will, like every time somebody goes bungee jumping with the fucking bachelor or bachelorette or skydiving or climbs down a wall or does something like scary where they share this experience. Yeah. They always make it to the top three. Like <laughs> always. It's a bonding experience. It's yeah. like a way to bond. And so it brings you closer together when you like are afraid and then you like come out of it on top together. And so you're like, oh, we did this thing and it's so memorable. And now we've. Yeah. Yeah, so the shared experience, I think they, they have to put in here is like a shared, I know it's memorable, but I think a shared emotional, whether it's like fear or love, like meeting somebody's parents on the second date, you know what I mean? Or like something emotional that they shared together that's going to have that bridge for them because anybody can share experiences. Yeah, you know? well, that does bring us to the next and final new love language, which, which is emotional security. This is people who speak this love language ultimately just want to feel seen, safe, and listened to. And after hearing this one, I definitely think this is my top with 
acts of service. Personally. It's mine as well. And I think if you were to, you know, look at all of the five, let's say the first five, this is the bridge of words of affirmation and quality time. It's where those two intersect because you want to feel heard and you want to feel validated, but you also want, you know, to feel seen and safe. So quality time usually does that. I would say my, our issues, like when Daniel and I ever like bicker or anything, have some miscommunication, if you will, it's because I am not feeling seen and heard and safe as a result of maybe he's multitasking or um, like whatever the case may be. And those are the moments where I'm like, why am I in a relationship if you're not going to listen to me? You know, where I'm like, oh, being a single person, you don't have to worry about this. I think the security parts, it's a, it's a big word because like, if you guys are, if that happens once in like two weeks, then you can't be jumping off the bridge like that, that quickly. If it's over and over and over again, that they're not listening to you or making you feel seen, then you can be like, okay, what's the fucking problem? Why am I in this? But like, if you, if it's like one time when you guys are like on vacation for a weekend, then maybe you don't go to the extreme of being like, why am I even in this? You know, cause that's not giving him any emotional security. If that's what you're going to come back with. No, of course not. And I think that was like more so toward the beginning of the relationship where we're still learning the love languages and what really we each value and, and how we communicate things and not being so sensitive and not kind of having one foot in and one foot out because you're still adjusting to being in a relationship. They don't always work out. So I think at that point, that's where it came up more. But as we're saying, like, the most important thing about the love language is the language itself and to communicate how you feel, what you need and the other person. And then really, you know, compatibility, like what you were saying, Lauren, matters so much because if you're two people on different, you know, playing fields and you're not going to come together, but just because you have two different love languages doesn't mean you're not compatible. So for example, with the shared experience, like maybe somebody really wants a lot of them, but none of the other love languages are the exact opposite. You know, it's not, they can just overlap, which are, yeah. we're seeing with these new ones. So maybe someone goes on a trip to Europe alone, but then they're like, and I can't wait to bring you back with me after I've had this experience on my own and I'll pick all the fun places and scout some romantic sites, but I need this for me. So then I can do it with you. Hmm. And I think emotional, emotional security, like this, this new one, it's kind of broad, like, because some of the, the old other five original ones can fall under it. Like if you feel safe when someone is like helping you out all the time, because you feel like their acts of service are showing you that they're there for you. And they're like creating a solid, like space and environment for you through that. I think that you could kind of sometimes words of affirmation can definitely make someone feel emotionally secure not for me personally, but it can. So I think um, emotional security feels kind of like an umbrella one for me because I think a lot of the original five could fall, could make you feel emotional secure. Um, secure. Yeah, emotional is such a strong word too, right? Like I know I said that about shared experience, but it's an emotional experience. That makes more sense. But emotional security is such a fucking like, what? Of course, we all want emotional security. Yeah, we like all nobody want doesn't all want emotional things. security. Huh? We all want all of these things. I mean, even no, I know, but like, I don't need gifts. I don't. I'll get one. It's nice. But if I don't you never need... got one, Rob, like on your birthday or for something, you would, after a while, you'd be like, what the fuck? Christmas? No, I, I get yeah. gifts and I like them, but I don't need one. Like yeah. if you don't show up to my birthday with one and, or like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna be like, fuck you. 
you know, I wanted a fucking skateboard, you know, like, yes. I, like that's not what mine is, but emotional security. I mean, I always say, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know anybody who wouldn't need emotional security. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. but, but isn't like getting engaged the ultimate, ultimate emotional security? Because when you're like, oh, I'm saying yes. Not necessarily. You, know? you could be in a relationship where I felt very emotionally secure and safe with No, 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 no. I'm not saying that you wouldn't. You, that's why you would say yes. But like uh, to me, like if somebody says yes to marrying you for the rest of your life, that's a pretty – I guess security is a big word too. Does this like – because remember, like now a new thing too is like not new, but like I say this now to even my friends when they're because I'm the kind of guy where all my friends come to invent and like talk about stuff and then you know rattle off and they're like I'm so sorry and I'm like no it's cool and my and I always say to all of them do you want me to help this situation or do you want me to just listen mm-hmm. to the situation you know yeah and most of them are just like just listen or some of them are like yeah yeah I need your opinion you know like that kind of shit. Does that would fall, fall, fall under emotional security For on its sure. own? Obviously, yeah. you make a lot of your friends feel emotionally secure, which is why a lot of people come to you. And your your l- language that you're speaking to them is la- probably like words of affirmation, potentially, that they are really appreciating because they want to hear that. Maybe that's why you guys are drawn to each other in those specific circumstances. And I do think, like Jen said, your love languages can change depending on where you are in your relationship, they might shift into something that you need now because you've evolved or your partner's evolved or you've had a life change like kids or something. So they can all change just as long as you're aware of all of them and the ones you like speak and want, that is just helpful. It's always good to have that behind your back so that you can like just arm your partner with this like arsenal of knowledge because it is it is helpful, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they have to amend the emotional security one. Like just make it a little bit more specific. Yeah, it is broad. I agree. Because all the other ones are very specific. All the other ones you can nail, you know, you'd be like, yep, I need this. I don't need that. I need this. I don't need this. This one you're like, we all need emotional security. I would think so. But I definitely think that it's a big one for me. Like I know that most people need it, but it would fall on the top for me. So I don't know if it's that too. If it's just like really speaking to you, that's the one. But, um, but yeah, I mean, some like you know, some women or men may just feel a little less like I'm so secure with myself that if you're with me, I just know you're with me, and I don't. That doesn't excite me. Like physical touch excites me, or something. You know, so maybe they just aren't paying attention to the fact that that's like an underlying one. It's just like kind of in the background. Yeah. Well, I think that this is going to be something we hear about often and maybe new ones will continue to be added and we'll have to obviously cover them. But we will do that after our brief summer break. You guys keep tuning in to past episodes of It's Complicated, where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, comment, and share the show with a friend. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show, where you can also find links to our various episodes from the past and share with a friend. Yeah, you guys, it's summertime and you're going to be laying out at the pool with lots of things to do. So like Jen said, don't forget to follow us and make sure that you 
look back on our past episodes. We've interviewed so many great guests and helpful tips. Even if you've listened to the episode already, refresh your brain with some things from doctors, therapists. We've even interviewed like really topical people right now, like Ariana Maddox. That could be a good one. If you're just really into the scandal, do it, you guys. So go back, listen to your episode, our episodes, refresh, refresh your master data list. And everybody have a great summer. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. It's not going to be super, super long. But uh, we'll miss you, and I hope you guys miss us, and we will talk to you next time. And if you want to follow me on social media and my European journey, you can at Jennifer Golden. You can follow me at, at Forever's Evers, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S-E-V-O-R-S on Instagram. And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meds. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. <laughs>